0: Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. You know what? Um, I I was thinking about Ephesians chapter 4 and what Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and really he's writing it to us as well, that he's really talking about this theme of new, like new. And I was thinking like, man, we really love new things, don't we? Anybody love love new shoes? Come on, anybody likes some new shoes? Anybody like a new outfit? Anybody like you know? Anybody like the new car smell? Anybody like a new car smell? Anybody else here like you'll go to a car dealership and just sit in a car, and you'll go to the dealership just so that you can smell that new car smell? Okay. That's the second time. We like new. Um. <laughs> we just like new. I mean, it's part of us. I mean, we like new. Nobody ever. Ever like goes into like an old house or an old building and is like I just love the smell of an abandoned place with mold growing. Up. I just no one does that, you know, because we love new. You love new. We love new things. It is in our DNA, right? Like that we love new things. And and Paul is writing in Ephesians. He's saying this. He's saying that God has something new for your life. God wants to do something new in you. He has. A new you it's like new new it's like brand spanking new for your life and and i don't know where you are in your life or your relationship with god or what your viewpoint of him is today but here's what i would just say as a blanket statement to everyone god wants to do something new in your life god wants to do something more powerful in your life god wants to do something greater in you than you can ever dream of or imagine is there anybody here that believes that today at the 12 o'clock service and so Paul says this in, 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 the first verse that we read, he says this, I urge you to live a life that is worthy. Someone say worthy. worthy to live a life that is worthy of your calling. That's interesting how he says this, that I want you to live a life that are you living like you're worth. What he is saying is this, you have a great calling on your life. Are you living like you're worthy of it? Which which gives me the first point. If you have your notes, would you take them out and write this down? What Paul is saying is this. um, Brave church, people who live in Miami, friends in this room, live at the level you're called. Don't live at the level that you are. Ephesians chapter 4 is is this theme of you have a calling. Live at the level of your calling, not at the level that you are. Because here's the reality. How many of you know that it is easy for us just to live at the level where we are right now? Like, this is where my family is. This is where my marriage is. This is where my kids are. This is where my finances are. This is where my hope is. This is where my school studies are. And this is just where I'm at. And Paul says this, don't settle for where you are. Begin to live your life that looks like your calling. Anybody here thankful today that God loves you enough to give you a calling? Is there anybody here that's a preach back culture type of person that will help me stir the atmosphere of this room a little bit? Because God has given us, he's given us a great, a great calling. I'm so thankful for, for some great parents. i have two of the best parents in the whole world. And I, I remember my first job. Anybody remember your first job? Come on. Anybody remember your first job? Like, I don't remember that. I'm not talking about like that job. My first job was Gold's Gym. And I'm still reaping the benefits of that, as you could tell. But uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm not, like my first job, like my real job was, was I worked in the courthouse in downtown. And so we lived down south. And so what I would do is, is I would drive to the Daytran building. And then I would take the metro rail all the way downtown. Anybody know about that life? Metro rail life, yeah. And I would take the metro rail all the way downtown. And, and, and my first job was a job. I was a file clerk, which meant I, I worked in the file room. And so I walked into my first day. And and I was just kind of dressed in khakis and like you know, pull up, probably didn't even tuck in my shirt and and I worked in the file room and I get there and, and I'm thankful for it. and If you work in the file room, thank God for that man. Come on, I mean, thank thank God for your job where you at, you know? And I thank God for that job because it was paying me, you know, cold hard cash. Somebody, come on. And and so I'm in the file room, but I'm in the basement in the file room. There's no windows in the basement. And so I come home that day from work. I've been working eight hours. My dad's like, "Did you go to work like that?" I'm like, yeah, I went to work. Dad, what's wrong with Wiley? He's like, you look like a bum. I'm like, Dad, I work in the file room. Nobody even knows me. Like I could rot down there and they wouldn't even care. To the file room. No windows. My dad's like, is that where you always want to work? I was like, no. Lord, no. I want to be somewhere where there's windows. My dad's like, well, you need to find someone who works in those places where there's windows. And you need to dress like him. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. So the next day I went to work. I'm on the metro rail. And I go and I find, I take an elevator up, probably somewhere where I should not have been. It was above my pay grade. But how many of you know those key cards? You find someone with a key card. They hit that top level. You're like, I'm getting off with it. And so I found someone that was in a corner office, floor to window ceilings. And I found a guy, he looked like he was the boss. I don't even know if he was the boss, but he looked like he was the boss. And he was wearing this blue pinstripe suit. He was wearing this red silk tie, and his shoes were like these black polished shoes that you could see your reflection in his shoes. And I'll never forget his white pressed collar that was like a thick collar, and his tie was like this big knot. And I'm like, I'm gonna dress like him tomorrow. So <laughs> I come home? I'm like, Dad, I found the guy. We got to go shopping and so we go shopping and I buy a blue pinstripe suit, a fat collar white shirt, and a red silk tie. Now he probably got his at Nordstrom, I got mine at Ross. Come on, hashtag save a penny, let's go. And so I was at, you know, and so I bought some shoes and, and I bought these black leather patent shoes. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking to- It looked like I was getting married. So the next day, I get on the metro rail, day three. I'm on the metro rail, but this time, on my way, I stop at the 7-Eleven and I buy myself a Wall Street Journal. Come on, somebody. I'm dressed up, I get on that metro rail, I sit down in my seat, I'm even sitting down all sophisticated with my legs crossed like that, got my Wall Street Journal out. Look at those ankle shake. Come on, look at that balance, and I'm reading, and I'm thinking, man, I am the owner of this whole thing. Now, let me tell you something, nothing changed except for the way I was dressed. But I'm so thankful that I have some parents, I have a dad that said, listen, don't live at the level that you are, live at the level, I'm so thankful I have a dad who understood that you've been called to be a leader, not a follower. You have the destiny of a world changer on you, you need to find some purpose and some calling. I'm here to tell somebody, you have a calling, whether you look like it, whether people identify it, you may not have the job title or the position, but you've got to calling somebody say i've got a calling you see what what we were doing was not not necessarily pretending but what he was shaping me for was what paul in ephesians chapter four was doing and he was saying this look christians I understand that you may be going through a tough time today. I know you came to church today and you may be struggling. You may be addicted. You may be filled with anger. You may be filled with unforgiveness and hurt over your past. You may be struggling with all kinds of things. You may have financial burdens. You may have physical health issues. But what Paul is saying is this. Don't sink in the mud of right here. You've got a greater calling. Put on something new. Put on something bigger. Put on something greater. Is there somebody at the 12 o'clock today that is thankful that your God has given you a higher calling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he loves you so much. That is why he gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Because he looked at humanity said man they're messing their life up so I've got to send something greater than humanity what else is greater than the son of God the perfect lamb that would be slain for us Jesus Christ on a cross but he did that and he gave his best so that we can live at our best so Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 man that's good preaching right there yeah Ephesians chapter 4 he tells us live at the place where you're called Not at the level that you are. Here's what I want you to know something. I believe that God has me. I'm not a church person. No, no, I'm talking. You're like, Pastor David, you're talking to the church people because I'm here. I'm not a church person. No, no, I'm talking to you. God's got a huge calling. I'm talking to the church person too. That God's got a huge, humongous calling for your life. Someone told me this one time. They said, Pastor, why are you always telling us every Sunday that God's got a purpose for you? He's got something big for you. You know why? Because I understand that I had a parent and I had parents that told me that, but some of you never had a parent who told you that. So I've got 35 minutes to make up 35 years for some of you. And I want to tell you every time you have your ears under the influence of my mouth that God's got purpose for you. He's got calling for you. There's something bigger than you can dream of or imagine. But see, there's a difference in believing it and receiving it. It's one thing to believe that God has a calling. It's a different thing to receive it. Is anybody thankful in the 12 o'clock service that you don't have to go chase for a calling, but a calling was given to you? God gave you a calling. You didn't have to beg him. You don't have to plead with him. Come on, you don't have to bargain with God. God's like, I'm just going to give you a calling because I love you. So then he goes on. He talks about this calling. He says, Live worthy of your calling. Here's a question I have for you. You might want to write this down in your notes. Are you owning your calling? Like, have you owned it? Like, you believe it because you're like, Well, I believe the Bible. I believe, Pastor, I believe you're not lying to me. So I, I believe it. But it's one thing to believe it, it's another thing to receive it. Paul is saying to the believer, to the Christian, You have a calling, not just individually, but as a believer, you have a calling. Like, in other words, what Paul is saying is this. You have a calling to live righteously because God is righteous. You have a calling to live holy because God is holy. Come on. Are you with me today? He's saying this. Be imitators of Christ that you have a calling. He wants us to live in righteousness. He wants us to live in purity. He wants us to be a light in the darkness. He wants us to be a chosen priesthood, a royal nation. He says you have a calling on your life. Now, when some people hear that, like they hear like, well, I've got a calling. It's a big calling. Some people will say, "Woo! I've got a calling, yo. Pastor, what do you want me to do? You want to give me a mic? You want me to teach? You want me to preach? What do you want? Do you want me to lead worship? you want me to lead the choir that we don't have? What do you want me to do? you want me to start a choir? What do you want me to do? You want to put me on the stage? you want me to teach something? you want me to me? What do you want me to do? And can I tell you, Paul says it's not about what you do on a microphone. It's what you do on Monday. That's your calling. That's your calling. Sometimes people mix up a calling. I'm calling. People tell me sometimes, I've got this calling. I had this dream. I'm preaching in front of a thousand people. And yet you're as mean as a snake on Monday. (laughs) Let's don't be Christians that profess we have a big calling, but we are mean, gossipy, backbiting people. Can I just say this? Can people in brave in in Miami, I would love it if people in Miami just knew about brave church, but that man, those people are nice. Those people are friendly. Those people are kind. Those people are loving. Come on. Those people are tender hearted. Those people are authentic. They're not fake. They're not perfect, but they're not fake. They don't have it all together, but they at least admit that they don't have it all together. Paul goes on to say, it's not what happens on the stage, but he goes on to say this. Look on your notes. He says, treat people with respect. Be kind. Be considerate. Notice there's like no stage or microphone there. He says this. Love people. Live authentically. Be tender hearted. And then he goes on to say this. Let's be people of unity. Mm. Ephesians chapter 4 is so good because some of us oh we are agents of division oh i'll preach it again then come on because they said it he said preach it you heard preach it so i'm gonna preach it that that you didn't even realize it but paul says this that if you are an agent of division god cannot use you in your calling He says, be people of unity, vision, not division. You know what he's saying? If you're here in this room today, Paul is inviting you to say, the vision of brave church, get involved with it, but go all in. Don't pretend that you're all in and then be gossipy and backbiting behind people's backs. Wouldn't it be great if just people in Miami understood that, man, Brave Church is a place where, man, there is true love for people and for God. I'm so thankful that this is a place of unity. I'm so thankful that this is a place where we don't have division, but this is a place of authenticity. Come on. Somebody thankful that God has given you a church that we are united and united we stand to make a difference in our city. Anybody thankful that God can use you to touch someone else's life? You see, what Paul says is this. You have a calling, but here's the deal. Your calling is not for yourself. Our calling is not so that we're cool or so that we're famous or so we can build our Instagram account. Our calling is for us to help people in need. And so Paul says this. You have a calling. Let me say it like this because some of us like want a big call in your life and you have a big call. But listen to this. The greater your calling, the greater the responsibility. And the greater the responsibility, the less rights you have. Let me say it again. The greater the calling, the greater the responsibility. The greater the responsibility, the less rights that you have. Which means this, to walk into the calling that God has for you, you have to understand there is a responsibility with calling in your life. That's why Paul goes on to tell us, don't live irresponsible as though this doesn't matter. That's why, can I tell you, the Bible says this, to whom much is given, much is required. That is why when I stand up here and preach in front of you, I stand up here with the fear of God on my life. Literally, like I will talk about it to the place where I will get in tears because I I live in fear of God. This is not something I take lightly to come preach in front of you and stand up here and declare and open the word of God. You better believe that if I'm going to preach one way, I better be living that way because there's a fear of God. Because with great calling comes great responsibility and with great responsibility, I have less rights which let me just hold spiritual leaders accountable across our nation because many of them listen to our podcasts and listen to our, our YouTubes around the world that pastors and leaders if we step into a position of leadership you don't have certain rights like you would if you just weren't a leader that's why we have to be careful come on, I'm not talking about legalism or anything like that but there's, there's certain things that I just don't do not because it's a sin issue but it's because of responsibility issue Because of my calling, I carry a certain responsibility. Um, And so, well, I have a right. I can do that. The Bible doesn't say that's a sin. It's not a sin issue. It's a responsibility issue. I don't have the right. And let me say this. Some of you who, who refuse to get into your calling, you have more rights than I do. That's why some things will be acceptable to you and not acceptable to me because the greater the calling, the greater the responsibility, the greater the responsibility, the less rights I have. But the beautiful thing about this is this. When I give up my rights, I'm literally saying, God, it's not about me. It's about you. And it's about the people. I've traded me for you. I look at the sacrifice that I've made and our team has made and those who serve every single week that people who serve relentlessly in this place is packed to capacity today. I look around and I see that the benefit is because many people have sacrificed their rights for the responsibility of their calling. But some people will never reach their calling and some of you will never get to your calling because you're addicted to comfort. because this right here to give up your rights requires that we get uncomfortable like our staff our team i'll just tell you and so many people who serve there are people that will serve all day today they got here at 7 a.m and they will leave here till nine o'clock because we have a six o'clock service that sometimes is fire and sometimes it's fire it's just crazy and people go and the service goes a little bit longer which you need to double dip tonight and i'm just saying it's just crazy and, and 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 people people give up their rights to have a sunday off They work five days, six days a week, and they'll give up their Sunday to serve in this house, and they give up a right because what they're doing is they're chasing calling. They're not chasing comfort. Oh, but I've learned so long ago that, God, you can make me uncomfortable because I'm pursuing. I'm chasing after a greater call. Is there anybody in this room you want your life to make a difference? I want my life to make a difference I don't look for fame I don't need to be cool but I want to shake the foundations of this city for the kingdom of God and I've realized it's going to cost everything it's going to cost you everything it's going to cost you some of you have have callings some of you are married and you're called your parents you got this great calling parents the greater your calling the greater you you want to see your kids succeed and reach the next level, the greater responsibility you're going to have to take. And the greater the responsibility, the less rights you're going to have to have. That's why I'm thankful for a brave church. We understand this principle. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Parents, if you want your kids to walk into a great calling, I would suggest you own the responsibility. It is your responsibility to get your kids in church. Sunday because the Bible says this and we did baby dedication. This is perfect because the Bible says that if you raise them in the ways of the Lord, when they grow older, they will not part. What happened is what happened was church wasn't a responsibility and it wasn't a calling church was uncomfortable because we had all kind of it was a great beach day and then two beach Sundays and then three beaches and everything else and then all of a sudden when our kids are in high school and they're tripping and they're flipping out we're like what happened What, what, what happened now we're 30 and 40 and 50 years old and we're thinking man i had this great calling on my life i had this dream what happened you weren't willing to get uncomfortable I've come to make some people uncomfortable come on this is not condemnation this is not guilt if you feel that dissipate that This is conviction of God saying, I love you so much. I want to get you uncomfortable so I can get you into your calling. Next year, your family could be different. Next year, your marriage could be different. Next year, your kids can have breakthrough. Next year, your finances. Next year, your business can be taking off. Next year. Next year. Come on. Give God a year of going after calling and watch what God will do. That's just number one. (laughs) out of time. That's just number one. (laughs) Can I have seven more minutes? Okay, number two, write this down. Paul says this, I have a grace. I have a grace. Grace is another word for gifting. All right, so I have this calling, Pastor. I've got this calling, something great that God has for me. What does that mean? It means that God's given you a gift. Gift is, is, is another word for talent. In other words, what Paul is saying, Verse number seven, each of us has been given a grace that has been given to us from Christ. In other words, you need to discover your gift and begin one-on-one today after the service. Fifteen minutes. Everyone has fifteen minutes. Jump into it. You've been putting it off. Jump into it today. Discover your gift. And let me just say this. You should not tolerate your gift. You should celebrate your gift ever known someone that they're so gifted in everything come on anybody ever knows like, they're just they're so talented just, every person has a talent have you ever known someone that like, they have multiple talents like like I know a guy who's like he's a great dad great husband he's like a, a handyman he knows how to fix anything in his house cabinet breaks I'll fix it Car needs a tune-up. I'll do it. Go to his house, you walk in through the door, he's like, hey, you see the painting over there? I painted that. Isn't that beautiful? Hey, you want me to play you the song I wrote last night? No! You go in the backyard, he's like sauteing, like, he's like, oh, I didn't tell you I'm an executive chef, too. How are you? great businessman. He's an athlete. Hey, you want to throw the ball around? Go 60 yards out. I used to play in high school. No! trying to figure this one gift out that I've been given. You know, if we're not careful, we will look at our life and we will compare our life with other people. We think, man, they're so gifted, man. They're so beautiful. They're so funny. They're so this. They're so that. And I don't have anything. Paul says this. Every person in this room, you have a gift. You have a talent. But pastor, how do I not have gift envy of someone else? They've got like five gifts. I've only got one gift. Find a person with five gifts. Get in their car and say, we're rolling. We're going to be friends. Because you know what I've discovered? I'm not the most talented or gifted person on our staff at the Brave Church. You know what I do? I find some creative people, amazingly gifted and talented people. And I surround better together. Because you know what? I've come to find out that we are better together to unlock your life? Come on. Number three, write this down. Or number four, I'm going to jump to number four because it fits. Number four is this. You have to understand that God moves best through right relationships. You see, God has brought you to Brave Church because there are some incredibly gifted people in this room. And here's the deal. God wants to use your gift not to build your name, not to build your fame, not to build your cool level, not to build your Instagram account. But you want, God wants to use your gift to help people, to help bring hope to people, to help bring freedom to the addicted. He wants to help use your life to bring peace to those who are disturbed. Come on, He wants to use you. If you're good in business, He wants to use you somehow to build the kingdom through your business, through business principles. If you, he, whatever He's gifted you, you win if you're good with kids he wants to he wants to use your gift with kids how many of you know not all of us are good with kids if you're not good with kids we don't want you working in the nursery you ever walk by the nursery and someone's like shut up that would never happen but come on how many of you know we're, we're going to find another gift for you safety team is what you need to do. Come on, come on, come on, come on. He says, take off the old and put on the new. Number three, come on, that's the point. Take off the old and put on the new. Take off the old. Come on, I just gave you point. Number three, write it down in your notes. Paul says, take off the old and put on the new. Take off the old friends and put on some new friends. Come on, join a dinner party. Get involved in encounter. Join Brave Life. Come on, he says, take off the old and put on the new you know what Paul says Paul says this your old life is rotten it's old do you remember when we just read it he goes take off your old life it's rotten it's old it stinks your old you with the anger issues your old you that used to curse everybody out your old you that was so negative your old you that was so pessimistic your old you that was gossipy your old you that was just always in the drama your old you that was so unforgiving, your old you that was so filled with hurt, your old you that was so filled with guilt, your old you that was so filled with doubt. Paul says this, take off the old and put on the new. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't just tell us what to take off, but He gives us something new to put on. He says, I will trade your weeping for laughing. I will trade your mourning for laughter. I will give you a garment of praise. Come on. I will... Put on the mind of Christ. Clothe yourself with humility. God says this, I want to give you victory. Is there anybody here today you want to put on some victory? You want to put on some strength? You want to put on some power? Give God a shout of praise. Come on. Yeah, 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 because we serve a God. On, it's new, it's great, it's purpose, it's destiny. You know what? This morning I was thinking, and I was getting dressed, and I went to my dryer and I went to go put on my favorite shirt. I took it out of the dryer and I held it up, and it looked like it fit a cabbage patch doll. I'm holding it up there, I'm like, oh my God. That's my favorite shirt. Anybody ever had that happen? I'm like, it's 2019. How does this still happen? And so I'm holding it up. And it's literally like this big. I'm like, that's my favorite shirt. I'm going to wear that shirt to church today. So this is how stubborn I am. I actually put it on. And I put it on and it was like a half shirt. How many you so thankful your pastor didn't come in a mid drift to church? Hashtag too hot to handle. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Doing some abs, but we're not quite there yet. And I put it on. I'm like, I'm going to go wake the kids up like this. <laughs> um, you know what? I put that shirt on. I was thinking about this message and I thought, there are some of us That the old you just doesn't fit you anymore. You're still trying to fit into some old clothes, man. Like like you're still trying to go hang out with your friends that were used to hang out. Still trying to go, but you're there, and you're like, I don't even know. I don't feel comfortable anymore. You know why? It's because you're calling. The more you come to Brave Church, baby, the greater your calling's gonna grow. The more you keep coming on Sunday, you're gonna keep trying to put on old friends, old influence. You're gonna keep trying to date the way you used to date. Be like, it just doesn't fit the same way. Is there anybody that you are thankful that we have a higher calling? It's a great. Somebody give God a shout of praise today. You know? Come on, would you stand to your feet all across this room? Oh, I love, I love Paul. He says this, don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Watch this. 31 to 32, he says, make a clean break with all, all kinds of people that are cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Look what he says. Be gentle with one another. He says, be sensitive. Come on, say sensitive. Come on, say it like you're being sensitive. Sensitive. Be sensitive. And then he goes on to say this. Watch this. Forgive one another as quickly and as thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Paul is saying? God cannot work his best in your life if you're still holding a grudge. If you're still holding on to unforgiveness. But you don't know how much they hurt me. I know. I'm not saying it that it'll be easy. I am not saying that what they did to you was not evil. Paul just reminds us as he finishes Ephesians chapter 4. If you want God to unlock your life, forgive another word stop being offended all the time you know what Paul says here if you go and look at the original writing in the original language it's literally where we get the word offense here's what he's saying and it's no accident that we live in a culture where everybody's offended at everybody am I talking the truth or not? Like everybody's walking on eggshells and there are definitely lines in the sand that just do not cross, that just don't do it. But we've created this thing where everyone's offended at everyone. And if we're not careful, we will bring that into the church too. We will be paralyzed in our calling because we are offended. So I've adopted this policy in my life. I would suggest that you adopt it for your life. my policy, my personal policy is this I choose in advance of the offense to not be offended so I'm unoffendable come at me like seriously I'm unoffendable someone's like ever like I want to talk to you I'm uh," I'm like boom in my mind I'm like I'm unoffendable someone cuts me off, man, yesterday, it was funny, we were, we were at the mall, and, and my kids were with me, because, hey, you know, especially if you're a guy, you know, your kid's like, oh, dad, you're going to let them do that? Like, you know, you know my is like, no, I'm not, I'm going to do something about it right now, you know, and, and, you ever been somewhere where, like, you're trying to, you know, you're waiting for a parking spot, like, you, you stalked them to their car. Well, don't look at me like you've never followed someone at Dolphin Mall and you're like, hey, where did you park? And you follow them slowly in the air conditioning while they're sweating all the. Like just, and I'm sitting there, blinker on, the car pulls out and this woman pulls in and she takes. Yesterday, and Brent's like, Dad! Dad, you're going to let him take your spot? I'm like, no, she was here before me. He's like, no, she wasn't, Dad. I saw it. She took your spot. Do something. We're going to love like Jesus loves Brendan. We're going to love. I'm looking in the rearview mirror. He's back there with his... You're like... Phew. But you know what? Some of us, that would like, set us up. You're not going to take advantage of me because my dad took advantage my parents, people took advantage of me in my work, and you are not going to and we will take out all of our life battle on one person who took a parking spot. And it totally corrupts our day. Listen, what if we chose? We're not going to be offended. Even at our pastors or our leaders, we're not going to be offended. The church hasn't hurt you. I met someone one time, they said, man, I don't go to church anymore because the church hurt me. Really? The church. And I, I kind of got into the story. And come to find out the church that they were talking about was Rick and Sally. The church didn't hurt you. Rick and Sally hurt you. But the church, like really? The whole church hurt you? Someone told me one time, they're like, man, I'm just so offended. I'm like, why? They're like, I just feel used. I feel like the church is using me. And I'm like, do you not remember when God, you were praying and you said, God, use me? God, use me. Have my life, Lord. If you can use anything, you can use me. And then they call you and schedule you. you like, they just don't appreciate me. They just aren't going to use me. They don't care about me. You asked to be used. What if today we just, you know, I'm not going to be offended because here's the thing. Offense locks the keys of your heart and it locks the keys of your calling and it locks it keeps you paralyzed where you are but don't you remember any features for paul says this live worthy of your calling i'm not living where i am i am living of where god is taking me i may not have it yet i may not look like it yet i may not have the job title yet my business my finances my kids my marriage my family but i'm that today every single person in this room would live in courage today that you are for us and not against us. What a great calling you have for our lives, God. Can I ask you with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here today, can I tell you the greatest thing, the absolute greatest thing you will ever do in your life, in your entire life, is to say yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Can I tell you it's greater than who you marry? It's greater than the name you give your firstborn child. It's greater than what job you have. It's greater than the major you pick at college. It is greater. The greatest thing you will ever do is to say yes to Jesus and to receive forgiveness from your God. He wants you to know you're not here by accident today. He loves you. He wanted you to hear that you have a calling on your life. It's bigger than you can dream of or imagine. Is just give me a chance test me let me show you you're here today and you say Pastor David would you pray for me I, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior today I want to say yes to him or number two maybe you're here and you've prayed a prayer like this before but you know you're not right with God and let me say this that is not a statement of condemnation or judgment like that is between you and him I don't know that's, that's you but I can promise you you know if you are close to God or not and you say Pastor David today I know I am far away from God and today I want to pray a prayer of faith again and ask Jesus and invite him to be the Lord and Savior of my life I'm not going to embarrass you but on the count of three I want to know who I can pray for so if that's you on the count of three I'm going to ask you to lift your hand Right back down with no one looking around. Come on, nobody. Even those of you who are serving and you're nosy, you want to see, no, come on, nobody. This is a personal thing with God. This is just between them and God. So you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Today is my day of salvation. I don't want to wait another day. With boldness, with confidence, and with a brave heart, you say, would you include me in this prayer on the count of three? One, two, three. Come on, lift your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so many, so many, so many, so many, so many, so many this room you can put your hands down here we're going to do one more thing before we close we're going to pray the prayer of faith the Bible says this if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead you will be saved so can we do this all across this room every person whether you raise your hand or not say Jesus come on this is the greatest part of the whole day today man. I'm so excited Jesus thank you so much for loving me I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of every sin. I give my life to you, and I trust you. Change me from the inside out, and I thank you for forgiveness and this gift of salvation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Now, can we celebrate like it's the best Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.